0: Rob Halford from Judas Priest is on the line. I'm doing fine, Larry. What a fabulous segue. Joan Jet. It's
1: nice to be here.
0: Opens now. Welcome back inside the Kilo Vault for another edition. This one, Mr. Hawk, Ms. Jet, Ms. Jet, Mr. Hawk. Interview with Rich Hawk and the legendary Joan Jet from uh, 1980. Just before this woman would blow up the scene, and what was a difficult time for girls who rock, and in uh, for this episode as well, a girl that rocks and a girl. I think you're one of the only people I know that has Joan Jet autograph tattooed on your arm.
2: It's a rare thing, and I'm so used to it. But when people see it, they freak out, Ross, and they as as they should. Yeah, so she wrote this on my arm.
0: That's yeah. so cool, and so I think yeah, anyone who has a, a tattoo of her autograph is probably a super fan and deserves to be in this one. <laughs> How'd you get the tattoo? Tell us that story.
2: So it's a, it's actually a really cool story because, you know, my first radio job was here and at Kilo, thanks to you. And in 2015, I applied for the job uh, that opened back up because we wanted to come back here and a good opportunity to get back in the coolest rock station in the country. And with that, I got the job. So I'm getting to this point real quick. Uh, Ross, I don't know if you know this or not, but the day that I went to go see Joan Jett when I got this tattoo was the day I found out I got the job. I did not know that. And nobody knew that. So my husband and I were like going and like celebrating, you know, seeing Joan Jett in Kansas. And uh, I was so excited. What I didn't know, this gets better. He had set up a meet and greet through a friend of ours, a mutual friend with Joan Jett. And uh I got to uh meet her and I had a Sharpie with me. She was not doing autographs, she was not doing any of that. So we we waited at the end of the line. We were the last ones. And I asked her tour manager if she would sign my arm. I just went for it. And he was walking away and he says, Joni, uh, will you sign her arm? And she says, Sure. And sure. she she turned back around. And she signed my arm, and she's a lefty like me, so I was really excited about that. And that's and that's it. It was all meant to be, and uh, it was such a good day.
0: That is great. That is a great story. As uh, yeah, Sean got her start here. Super fan of Kilo. Um, it was I think was the Prize Fairy contest. Is that what we called uh-huh. it. And yeah. we were just looking like for the ultimate Kilo fanboy or girl. Yeah. And you came out and dazzled everyone. You, you won the I had the to go to four
2: Pizza Hut remotes. <laughs> you,
0: you got the uh the time at Pikes Peak Community College yeah, and you, you got yeah. the in here at the station which is yeah pretty cool start right?
2: Yeah very cool.
0: And very so that cool. means you you obviously knew Mr. Hawk uh he was still reigning supreme at that yeah. time here at Keto Control. Um stories before we jump into his interview with Joan?
2: Yeah um I want to say this, I think um, probably my most memorable moment with him that I also like used his advice along the way, you know, through my career. There was a band, I won't say the name of the band, but they were wanting Kilo to pick them up in Pueblo and give him the rock star treatment. And he was really like upset about it, of course. And um, he just thought they should get here on their own and figure their own way here from Pueblo And so with that, he was sitting at the conference table and I was sitting with him and he was just really bugged by it. And he said, I'm going to tell you what, Sean, he said, "Uh, we are doing them a favor. They're not doing us a favor. It should be a privilege to them to be in that studio and they need to find their own way here. And so I've always taken that like into heart with everything from interviews in the studio to organizing things with our promotions around bands and stuff like that because, you know, they can take advantage of you or come in the studio and not say a word, which in this interview, it's kind of interesting because he has to kind of get it out of Joan Jett. She's she's a shy person and she's like that in a lot of interviews where she's really sort of subdued and he really works her. Yeah, you
0: see where he kind of wins her over. And, and I like it. He up. doesn't
2: play a fan either. Like he acts, he may know everything about her, but I noticed in his interviews, he plays it cool and like makes them do the talking, right. which I think is a really like something to learn. Like, that's
0: one thing I've noted too, is it's he, he lets the artists talk. A lot of people put words in, in the, uh, person their interviews mouth and, and, and loaded right. questions and such. And the straight shooter, Hawk was always a straight shooter. That's yeah. for sure. Master so interviewer. Do it. We go to 1980. Joan Jett and the uh, Blackhearts were in town to play at DJ's Nightclub, which was, at the time, like, really probably the only place to play. Everyone in the world played there. The only time Metallica played this town, DJ's Nightclub, long ago.
2: Boy, you hear about it, too, man. Right? I know some people that were at all of these shows that you guys are, you know, the vault is busting out. And, oh, man, so cool.
0: Cool. So, so let's do it. It is Joan Jett. It's Rich Hawk. 1980 is where we're going here in the Kilo Vault.
3: This is Kilo FM, our luncheon special for Monday. 20 minutes with Bruce the Boss Springsteen and the E Street Band, Clarence & Company. We started with Badlands and Ramrod from the River Album, Spirit in the Night, and Rosalita. Why don't you come out tonight? It's 1216 at Kilo FM, and this is Rich Hawk. We have a warm day out there. In the springs, 56 degrees, Pueblo 61, and Denver 62, and they tell us much the same weather. Continuing through Tuesday. Well, we're very excited this lunch hour. Joining us here in the Kilo 94 studios is Joan Jett, who will be appearing tonight at DJ's Nightclub. It's uh, nice to have you drop over this morning. Joan, why are you in town? It's
1: it's nice to be here.
3: And you're just coming in from Lubbock, Texas, where you did a show? Yeah. And uh, you have the new album out, which is called Bad Reputation. We should mention that uh, Joan's been playing in bands since she was... Fifteen years old, and uh, what, you're, you're 21 now? 22. 22, okay. Quite a quite a career, um, quite a young age to start it. And uh, we're going to be talking with Joan Jett today on the Kilo 94 Luncheon Special. First off, we want to start and play a track from your new album, which is called Bad Reputation. You want to tell us about the song?
1: Um... God, what's to tell? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say.
3: Okay, we'll, we'll play the track and we'll get uh, back to talking to you about uh, your recording experiences and life on their own. Here's Joan Jett on today's Kilo Luncheon Special. This is Kilo 94, and that's Joan Jett, who will be appearing uh, at DJ's tonight in concert. And Joan is with us in our Kilo 94 studios. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your early early life and how you got involved uh, in rock and roll at such an early age of 15, especially uh, doing records with the Runaways. Yeah. How did that all come about?
1: Well, it's um, kind of a long story, but when I, when I was 15, i have been playing guitar since I was like 13. I got my first guitar for Christmas, and... You know, I was just like playing along to all my records in my room, and uh, my family moved to California from the East Coast, and so I was, you know, trying to keep in tune with the the Hollywood music, you know, scene and stuff. They're really into early '70s British glitter music and stuff, which mm-hmm. was I was influenced heavy by, and um, just one one day I just got the idea to, to form an all-girl band, and I asked a friend of mine. Who I thought she played guitar, but it turns out she wrote lyrics. And her publisher was a guy named Kim Fowley, who managed and produced and did everything else for the Runaways for a couple years. So she told Kim about me, and Kim called me up and said, do you have any demos and this and that? And I didn't. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I didn't know what a demo was. Mm -hmm. So um, that was the end of that conversation. And a couple days later, he ran into our drummer, Sandy West, and she came up and said basically the same thing. I didn't even know Sandy. And... um, you know, she said, N- I play drums, and I want to form an all-girl band. So he, we exchanged phone numbers and got together and jammed, got along really well, called Kim on the phone, said, listen to this, and the two of us would play for him over the phone. So that was the beginning of the Runaways. The three of us started looking for the rest of the girls.
3: Okay, let's, let's take a couple of minutes and listen to what uh, happened after that as far as uh, the first record. How many months did it take from the time of the conception of the Runaways till you got this uh, first <coughs> record released?
1: Let's see, um... Well, that's, that's a compilation album you got Right, there. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh The first album for The Runaways came out early 76, I think it was. The Runaways formed in August of 75.
3: And this, so this was, tune was on that particular album? No, or? this was the second one. This was the album. second one, okay. Yeah. Okay, and this uh, apparently had to do with your life around uh, the Los Angeles area, Hollywood. Yeah. From Joan Jett and The Runaways, A Kilo Half an Hour. Um. This is Kilo 94 on our luncheon special today with Joan Jett and the Runaways, and Joan Jett is in our studio this afternoon. Um, it seems like uh, even now, critics and uh, rock and roll enthusiasts uh, really involved in it uh, will admit that the Runaways were very much ahead of their time. Uh, what? Why didn't the Runaways make it uh, at that time, Joan?
1: I think that's exactly the reason. I can't, comp- I can't relate to that, you know, saying we are ahead of our time, mm-hmm. because... I mean, when I think back, I can kind of relate to it. But when we were doing this, nobody else was doing it. You know, guys felt threatened, girls felt threatened, everybody was threatened. And it I must have been real it.
3: hard to break out with an all-girl rock and roll band back then. Very difficult. We
1: had to put up with so much criticism. I it was just you couldn't believe it. I mean, if you could hear some of the things we had to put up what with. What did they say? Uh, I can't repeat it over the they air. They were that bad, huh? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh
3: huh. And that's, that's, so the band just uh, eventually just uh, went your own directions, right? Yeah, we because lost our confidence.
1: So the record companies weren't interested anymore, you know, and just finally we just decided to pack it in. And um, now, look at, you know, there's so many girls out there now. Right. So like
3: in, in retrospect, when you look back, do you think that if if uh, The Runaways were to happen at this time that, that you would have much, much more success than you did at the time?
1: Yeah, If I, I think if we would have come out maybe in 1978 or something.
3: mm mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, let's go on and talk about uh, what you've been doing lately. We've heard uh, heard a lot uh, about you working with former uh, members of the Sex Pistols, uh, Steve Jones and Paul Cook, on uh, the song You Don't Own Me, uh, the old Leslie Gore classic that you do on your album. We'll we'll play that here in just a few minutes. Uh, What was that all about, and what was it like?
1: It was very different than I thought it would be. You know, I thought, oh, the Sex Pistols are going to be... We will never get any work done, but it was totally the opposite. You know, they're very, very professional... And I was very impressed, you know. It was a lot of fun. It, you know, they had me laughing the whole time. It was really fun. It was an experience.
3: That was the only track that they worked on. No, there's another one on there this album one. called
1: mm-hmm. Don't Abuse Me. Mm-hmm. And then there's also another song called I Love Rock and Roll that isn't released yet.
3: Okay, what we're talking about is uh, Joan Jett's new album, which is called Bad Reputation. And this, uh, I, I guess, there's quite a story that you want to relay to us about how this album came to be released. And now you signed uh, with uh, Boardwalk Records, which is... a uh, Pretty big, big record contract. Why don't you explain what the situation was to get out this album, what it took?
1: Okay, Well, first of all, when we made our first record deal with this album, it was done in Europe on Areola Records, and it it came out only in Central Europe and um, England. And so England started to import copies to America, and the kids were having to pay, like, $12 to get the album. Mm -hmm. So we had the rights to America, so we got some money, printed up our own records, made up our own label, Blackheart Records, and put out the album on our own independent label. And um, it was quite difficult because it was hard to get distribution, you know, so a lot of places didn't get the record. And, uh, but I'm sure, you know, there's like 20,000 of them out there someplace.
3: And how did you work distribution at that time? Go through just independent record promoters? Yeah. To try to get yeah. some interest in it?
1: That's basically how it was done. I don't really know the details. Uh-huh. My manager handles that. but sure. um, Then uh, Boardwalk Records picked it up. And it, the album was previously just called, entitled Joan Jett, and so they are re-releasing it, I guess you could say, and it's, they retitled it uh, Bad Reputation.
3: It's doing very well around the Kilo 94 place, and we're going to uh, listen to another song right now. You want to set this one up for us?
1: Yes, yeah, a uh, Gary Glitter tune called uh, Do You Want to Touch Me?
3: This is Joan Jett at Kilo 94. This is kilo 94 from the album Bad Reputation, Joan Jett, and Do You Want to Touch Me? This is, is, that's the correct title of it, right? Okay, uh, that's uh, from your album that you're now doing uh, your tour with yeah. Bad Reputation Tour, and uh, can you tell but, us a little but, bit about the band that's yeah. backing you up in the show that you'll be... Yeah, the uh,
1: Blackhearts. Um, uh, we got Gary Ryan on bass, Lee Crystal on drums, and Eric Amble on guitar. Uh, maybe his sister's listening, I don't know, but she's around this area. Um... Yeah, we've been on tour for about a month now, and we'll be at uh, in Denver tomorrow for two nights, and then we'll be in Boulder.
3: Mm-hmm. Play at the Blue Note in Boulder. Mm-hmm. It's here in the Springs we will be at DJ's tonight, which is a nice club. Okay, um, we also uh, want to talk to you about, uh, besides your own recordings, you've been doing uh, some producing for other bands. So we hear. The yeah, Germs. One, yeah, the Germs. The Germs, uh, which is a rock and roll band out of Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. What was, so, uh, what was that involvement with them?
1: Well, um... A couple of the guys in the band were real big fans of The Runaways, and after they formed their band and they had a chance to do an album, uh, they knew that I'd done several albums and stuff, and they needed a producer, so they just asked me to do it, and I had a great time. It was a lot of fun.
3: Good. And do you plan to do some more of that, producing for other bands?
1: Well, not really. I mean, I prefer to stay on the performing side of rock and roll, but, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe eventually. You never know.
3: Okay, we we always ask this question whatever of uh, people drop by the station. Uh, what what do you personally like to listen to that's out right now, new music? Uh, oh, what's a, your favorites?
1: I don't really have a favorite. I just like a, a lot of different stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Really. Anything that you lean on as far as groups that you particularly like? Right now I'm like?
1: leaning on Cheap Trick heavily and everybody's ready to kill me. They can't stand to listen to it anymore. We had
3: Rick Nielsen in here one day. As a matter of fact, there's a picture of him right up there in our control room yeah. sitting right where you are yeah. one day. Very crazy person. <laughs> totally off the wall, but... Uh, sure, we had a good time with him. Well, we want to thank uh, Joan Jett for dropping by the Kilo 94 studios and wish you a lot of success uh, with your new album, Bad Reputation. And uh, you'll be appearing tonight if you get a chance to drop over and uh, see Joan uh, and her band as they perform the Black at... Hearts. The Blackhearts. The as they perform at DJ's nightclub tonight. And we want to finish up with one more tune. Again, thanks for coming by and uh, we hope you enjoy your stay here in the Springs. Thank you. We'll finish out with a tune titled... You Don't Own Me from Joan Jett's album Bad Reputation on Kilo
0: FM. And how cool is that? Rich Hawk, mm. Joan Jett 1980 so it's just before she was going to blow up. You yeah. can see like you said very quiet at first, yeah, mm-hmm. no? But Then just wonder where we start talking about uh, I think he really wonder where he's like, man, you guys should have been the biggest band with the Runaways.
2: Yeah, like I I feel like she the way she explains it to him and he acknowledges how hard it is or how hard it was for women just any time before as she pointed out like what 1978 or something like that because yeah, they came out in like 76
0: 76 she's like if we just came out in 78 two years later it was a different world right but I, you know Hawk used to tell me stories when he was teaching me how to program and 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 back in the day, there were rules mm-hmm. that were in place. Like, and in, in one unbreakable: you don't play more than two female or one female artist an hour, and you never play back to back female artists. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a old uh, saying: "Keep the broad out of broadcasting." It was, mm-hmm. it was like the the music industry and the radio world was a guys' mm-hmm. club, right?
2: Yeah, and it's really weird because I do think that young men w- love female I, artists. That, that's <laughs> what,
0: what I, I was like, "What do you mean, like, guys like girls a lot, Mister Hawkin?" Yeah, so, yeah it's a different and, different world now. But and just- they
2: could rock like the Runaways. Oh, yeah, uh, I, like that was the first band that inspired me to actually try to be in a band. And that was like in 1984 when I finally met other girls who wanted to be in a band. But we didn't have drums, and I was just learning bass. But it was all like we were just learning Runaways songs. Which, by the way. Are not easy. There's no way. Yeah. They, Lena Ford, and all she's sick on guitar, and it's just crazy. So, yeah. And real quick, if you haven't seen the movie The Runaways that came out a few years ago, um, at the very end, they show Joan Jett solo doing a radio interview with Rodney Bingenheimer. And her presence, even though it's uh, what's her name portraying her. Um, <laughs> it reminds me very much of the interview with Hawk and it's just that really sort of straightforward, like this is me, you know, it's just how she was Confident or is really feel the
0: confidence for sure. For sure. And then she talks about how uh, she had, I love rock and roll that she recorded sex pistols and that was going to come out like two years later. Mm-hmm. That would blow her up. She had, I wonder if she knew that she had lightning in the bottle.
2: I wonder okay. too, like right? because after doing that with the Sex Pistols, that got tucked away, and then she re-recorded it with the, you know, with the Black Hearts, and I, I think she had to have known, right? And that's a cover song.
0: I love rock and rollies.
2: Yeah, I love rock and roll is a cover song. A band called the Arrows, uh, they're an English band, and so when she was on tour with the Runaways in the UK at whatever point, she saw them on uh, TV. And she fell in love with the song. Wow! Yeah, so it's a cover. But it's
0: one of those rare things then, like almost like Sublime Smoke Two Joints, where it's a cover, but they owned it, and everyone thinks right. it's theirs.
2: Right, exactly. And that was what kept her out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a long time, was uh, the argument was, and I'm sure a lot of men voting, was that she <laughs> did a lot of cover songs. But she had a lot of, I mean, it doesn't matter, because she started her own label, sold records out of the back of her car with Kenny Laguna, because what happened, real quick is she got turned down label after label. They told her she couldn't sing. And so after the Runaways, she got shut down by everybody. So that's the real reason she started Blackheart Records, because she's like, well, then I'm just going to do it myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, very, very cutting. I mean, she talked about how she was basically, you know, blacklisted after the Runaways didn't blow up as it mm-hmm. should have. Yeah, yeah, they told her she thing. couldn't <laughs> sing. You know you could do it, prove you can, yeah. and then... uh then wave that flag of victory after it's all said and done, huh?
2: Right? It's crazy. So this interview, by the way, just fantastic. So cool. So thanks for, like, getting this out there so everybody can hear it. No,
0: I learned so much. Like I said, I didn't know the Sex Pistols tie. I didn't know that she produced The Germs. Uh, Another killer L.A. punk band.
2: Yeah, that that album, like, one of the greatest, or I would say, like, the most— you know, it just defined the L.A. punk scene, and she was so young, and she, they asked her to do that. She did that. Imagine Pat Smear was in that band. Wow. So now he's in-
0: Foo Fighters? Uh, I'm, I'm saying he's
2: finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Pat Smear, so, you know, through Foo Fighters, but it, how cool is it, a punk rock kid like that from right. the germs? Yeah. Pretty so, cool. Yeah. Pretty
0: cool stuff. Excellent interview, Mr. Hawk, if you're listening there.
2: Yeah, Pretty and thank awesome
0: you. <laughs> uh, so from 1980, Rich Hawk. Joan Jet. Cool stuff. Uh, thanks for visiting The Vault. If you did, it tell your friends, subscribe to it. And uh, if you have something to add or you got something you want to say, email us. It's the Vault at Kilo943.com.